0: This is the MDRT Podcast. Maybe a client blames you for not asking a particular question, or doesn't want to pay you for your work. Other times, a client doesn't want to consider the coverage they need. During a recent conversation at MDRT
1: headquarters…
2: Yaakov Bayless, Chicago,
1: Illinois. Ed Burnett, Kenosha, Wisconsin.
0: Discussed cases where they needed to clarify expectations with clients and what they learned about managing challenging situations.
1: there was a case one time where I I had a life insurance application that was in process and it was a young man. He was younger than me. I fully expected that he was going to get a preferred risk classification and he ended up getting declined for his application. And it turned out that there was something, he disclosed this to me that there was anxiety issues in his medical records. And The client at that time felt that I should accept some blame for his decline because I didn't ask a specific question about, well, do you exhibit, have you had issues with anxiety? Maybe it wasn't a question on the exam, maybe it wasn't a question on the application, but he he felt that I should accept some of that blame, and my response was, no, I won't accept any blame for this outcome, the contents of your medical records is the reason for your decline. It's unfortunate that this happened, but let's figure out what to do next, right? That particular client turned out was unreasonable, didn't become a client, and I'm grateful for that.
3: Yeah, sometimes it helps you out. I mean, I have situation right now where, where I've worked with a family, support generation client, and one of the family members has always been very difficult to work with, and to the point of asking for help on things and then going and implementing that work with another advisor. And he's ruffled a lot of feathers even amongst the brothers and sisters, you know. So he's not a client at all. And he had a significant health issue just recently that's left him. He will be uh, indigent in not too long once the financial resources run dry. Cause he has no ability to work, no ability to, and had done no implementation of basic powers of attorneys and things of that nature. So it's just a nightmare scenario, not only for him, but then for the family, which is trying to pull together and to kind of take care of this sibling that has really ostracized himself from the rest of the family let alone a lot of other people. So sometimes those things happen. And I've often often said, you know, we, we talk about managing expectations of our clients and what we can do for them. But you also, you can't, so your client doesn't tell you about a medical condition. That's not on you. And you can't do anything to change the medical condition. I don't know how he would expect you to take the blame. And it's not even blame. I mean, to be cognizant of something, he's never really released that information to you. So on both sides you really have to kind of set boundaries not only what you can manage for the client but what the client can expect from you and what you can do for them what can you do to specifically
0: manage those difficult relationships
3: a real good example is this morning we had a conversation with a client and we're transitioning into more of a financial planning role so the client is questioning why am I going to pay you a fee you have my insurance you have my investments you have all these things and Why am I now expected to pay a fee for the plan? And we had had a call earlier, and then had a subsequent call to show, to kind of show a demonstration of what a plan can do, and how much more all-encompassing the planning process is versus a product process where you reach out to me or I reach out to you, and there's a specific issue or concern that needs to be addressed with a particular product. We did the right thing for the client. We put those products in. Now, how do they link? How do they interact? How do they work with your budget? How do they work with the tax planning? Is there a special needs situation for one of your children or grandchildren? How is that all coordinated? That falls in a more of an all-encompassing planning kind of a relationship, and that's a different thing. So the client has to kind of understand or you know, that there are different roles we can play in that, We're open to all of those roles and those expectations, but we need to define and and lay those out so that, again, to manage their expectations as to what you're doing for them. And it's a process. I've been doing this 33 years. This is all I've ever done coming out of college, so I don't have another occupation to kind of compare it to. But I think with technology changes and with clients' expectations and the flow of financial information that people get, and they're just overwhelmed, overloaded. I just think it's all the more important that we lay out what they can expect to us, and that, to some degree, sets some of those boundaries as to what those expectations are and what our obligations are to the client.
0: Once you explain all that, how do they react?
3: Sounds great. Let's do it. I mean, from six, four weeks ago, why am I doing this? Why would I? So, well, give us a minute. We'll put together... demonstration for you. And, uh, you know, now that you can see what the encompassing and where this is going, she grasped that and wanted to move forward.
2: I felt it was important in your own family. You got to take care of your family first when you're in the business. And looking at the situation with my own parents, I saw that my father didn't really have enough benefits. And he really wouldn't talk to anyone about benefits. He didn't really want more. But I could give him a push as his son, and he listened to me and got a much more life insurance coverage, got long-term care, even though he always told me, I'll never do it, I don't want it, if I were sick, I wouldn't want to live that way, and he said to me, I don't want to live that type of way, I don't need it, and I just kept pushing him, and eventually he said yes, okay, and he did it. And fast forward a few years later, my dad's a doctor, an anesthesiologist, and fortunately, he was told he had to retire. He got sick. They said he had some rare illness, type of frontal temporal dementia, type of corticobasal syndrome, and it was downhill from there and he wasn't able to work. And soon after he was under a claim for long-term care and that plan that they weren't paying much for is paying for his nursing home today. The life insurance, unfortunately, doctors gave up on his life, and the life insurance living needs claim paid out about 99% of the benefit. Uh, That's there in in focus, and going off your way to make sure that the job gets done, that you have it there and you take care of your own family, meant a lot.
0: If you don't mind me asking, how difficult was that for you when you were talking to your dad about it initially?
2: I had a support in that my mom worked as a telemarketer for a long-term care company. So she always said, we need to get this. Regardless, he didn't do it. And you just had to keep pushing. Did I like pushing? I'm his son. I, I knew we had to do it. I knew he needed the coverage, and he was actually a preferred, which was hard to do in long-term care. He was, like, the best type case. And to this day, I believe my father has a desire to live the way it is. He got to meet my children, which we didn't have before when he got sick. And it's a tough lifestyle. However, I don't know how my family would be to this day if that coverage wasn't there.
0: That's the end of this month's episode. If you'd like to subscribe, you can find us on SoundCloud and Spotify at MDRT Podcast. Thanks for listening, and see you next time!